This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself with other high-level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26, 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. On the show today, we have a 28-year-old serial entrepreneur who started out selling books online in his college dorm. Then he created an Amazon business that sold over $20 million in the marketplace, managing over 500,000 products and working with over 1,000 dropshipping suppliers. His name is Nathan Hirsch. Today we dive into Nathan's story, how he created so much success, and his current focus, FreeUp.com. Currently, FreeUp services over 2,000 online businesses and will hit around 3 to 4 million this year. We also take some time to get some great tips on building a seven-figure business, hiring remote workers, and discuss the future of Amazon. Without further ado, let's welcome Nathan to the show. Welcome, Nathan, to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. I hear you're calling in from beautiful Orlando. Is that right? Not so beautiful. We just got hit by Hurricane Irma. Oh, yeah. You didn't evacuate, huh? <laughs> no, I'm middle of Florida, so I didn't have to evacuate. It actually wasn't that bad if you knocked over fences, but besides that, we're good. Well, glad you're safe, my friend, and welcome to the show. So, Nathan, we want to get to know you as an entrepreneur and hear your backstory. So, we're going to give you the mic and let you run with it, my friend. Awesome. So I started off as a broke college kid looking for extra beer money on the side. And I started buying and selling people's textbooks because I got upset that the school bookstore was ripping people off, <laughs> um, buying books for hundreds of dollars and then trying to sell them back. And the bookstore was only offering pennies on the dollar. So I started offering higher prices. Before I knew it, I had lines out the door of people trying to sell me their textbooks. And I would take these books and sell them to different online bookstores and vendors. And one day I came across Amazon.com and I became obsessed with it, addicted to it. And all I wanted to do was grow an Amazon business. But I knew that I couldn't sell books forever. I didn't really have a warehouse. I didn't have a warehouse. I had my college dorm room. Um, I didn't have money to buy inventory. So I really wanted to come up with a business model that would work for me as a college student. And one day I had the idea of dropshipping years before I knew what dropshipping was called um, or that it was called dropshipping. And the idea that I would sell a product I didn't have, I didn't possess, I didn't carry – um, and then get it shipped from a vendor to my customer. And this idea exploded. I started listing products, experimenting in different categories. Um, I tried to sell cool products like DVDs and video games. And eventually I found out I was good at selling baby products and toys. So I started selling these. And before I knew it, I was running this multi-million dollar business out of my, out of my college dorm room, um, selling products on Amazon, hiring people for the first time, making every good and bad business decision that a young entrepreneur makes. And that's really when I got into hiring. And eventually, since the company is entirely remote and it's drop shipping and you don't need a warehouse, I started hiring remote workers. And that's how I got really good at hiring people from around the world. And I also learned how hard it is to find good workers um, when you're outsourcing. And that's really when I had the idea of free up, which was a marketplace that makes it easier for you to hire, which we can talk about a little bit later. Where'd you go to school at? Uh, Quinnipiac University in Connecticut. Since you were running such a successful business in your dorm room at college, did you continue to finish your degree or did you just go ahead and become a full-time entrepreneur? I did. My parents are both teachers, so I always had the mentality that I was going to graduate and get a real job and get that retirement plan. And even when I was being, becoming more and more of an entrepreneur, 
Um, my parents always stressed to have that college degree in my back pocket, which I agree was a good idea. So I did finish college, but I never really used that degree or, or got that real job. What did your fellow friends and fellow students think of you running this business while you're in, in your dorm room? Yeah, no one really knew what I was doing. I mean, now people understand Amazon. Now becoming a, an Amazon seller is a much bigger deal. It's becoming popular. Back then, I mean, Amazon was selling a lot of the products. When you went on a listing, it was me and two other people. It, it, no one really knew what being a third-party seller on Amazon really, really was. So um, people didn't understand it. People would see me in class listing baby products and toys and thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and it was tough to explain the actual business model. And no, no one really understood whether it was legit or not, whether it was a part-time job or a full-time opportunity, or that it was going to be the start of my entrepreneurial adventure. They, they kind of looked at it as a side job that was working at the time. Did you have any guidance during this time, or were you just kind of like winging it? Completely winging it. I'm one of those people that, yes, it's good to find a mentor and get advice, but you kind of pick and choose what advice you take because if you just if everyone just follows a leader and does exactly what they do and runs the business exactly their way, then you just get a lot of the same people running the same businesses and that specific thing that's working no longer works. So I've always had the mentality to do a lot of trial and error. I talk about it in my book um, called Free Up Your Business about really figuring out your way to run your business different from other people. And the only way you do that is just by trying and failing, trying and failing, trying and failing. And then eventually something catches and all that great advice you get and all the podcasts you listen to where you pull out a tidbit here and a tidbit there, you can apply them to your business, but you don't just follow it exactly. Right. So you were managing, so you had a business that sold over 20 million in the marketplace, very impressive, and managing over 500,000 products at one point in time with over a thousand drop ship suppliers. So the logistics and management of that seems huge. And I'd like to know the structure of how you built your team that was managing all of this. And what are some key things you learned about being the leader of this organization? Sure. So dropshipping is a lot of quality assurance. If you think about it, um, you're not you're not touching the product. You have very little control. You're very dependent on your suppliers. So that means every other part of your business needs to be very sound. From uh, making sure you're getting tra- you're getting tracking numbers to building the relationship with the supplier up front. Amazon has very strict policies. You need to make sure that they're going to follow it. And you need to be able to cut off people that aren't confirming orders on time, shipping orders on time, people that aren't packaging their products right. So it's really all about quality assurance. And that starts on the order side where you build an order team to actually fill these orders and make sure that the supplier gets the correct address, make sure that the supplier is getting the information quickly to a customer service team that's responding to customers' inquiries and and making note of what products arrive damaged and who's not shipping stuff on time to really a team that would work next to the customer service team that was almost um, almost the back end of customer service following tracking numbers and, and making sure products actually get from point A to point B. So what we really did is we started off having this manager of the day, which was a terrible idea, <laughs> having someone that would do everything from listing products to customer service to orders to inventory and adjusting prices and all that. And what we realized is it took so long to train someone and eventually they would quit or not be able to give us the commitment that we want and then we'd have to start over. So I learned that at a very young age and we became to departmentalize. So we'd have an order placement team that all they did was focus on that and we'd have an inventory team that all they did was check stock and adjust pricing and deal and connect with manufacturers to adjust things on their end. And then we'd have customers 
customer service. I would handle the emails and the tracking and all that stuff. Um, and then the listers who would take new products and get them up. And then we would have the teams actually work with each other and be in communication with each other. And we would set up systems where, hey, if this happens, you notify this team. If this happens, you notify this team. You do this if this happens. And really structuring it out so to remove as much human error as possible. And that's when we found the most success is when we made it very robotic, even though we were dealing with real people. How big was your team at this time? We got our team up to around 50 people, about 20 U.S. people, and 30 outsourced. It might have been a little more. It depends on the time of the year. Once you get towards busy season, um, we obviously added people. And in which countries in particular were you hiring people from? So we started off hiring all over. Um, we thought we had a lot of success hiring from the Philippines. It's one of the reasons that Three Up is about forty percent U.S., forty percent Philippines, and twenty percent scattered. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they seem to do better during our interview process. They they follow directions better. They they speak English at a high level. Um, they problem solve. Um, that's as a whole. There's a lot of exceptions. I mean, we've hired people from different countries and had really good experiences and really bad experiences, but. For whatever reason, percentage-wise, um, we've, we've seen the Philippines has far exceeded everyone else's expectations. Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope so. We're working hard to pick the minds of higher-level entrepreneurs to bring you some applicable tactics for your business. October 26th, we will have our most impactful event ever. The experience includes workshops, masterminds, advisors, high-speed Wi-Fi at a beautiful resort complex. So if you're ready to seriously take your business to the next level, contact us at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now back to the show. What do you think is the most important thing like when hiring a, a large team of remote workers? I would say like the first thing that comes to my mind is communication and systems that are incredibly important. Could you add anything on top of those? Yeah. So when we're hiring and so for the free up marketplace, we vet people. You can't just sign up and create an account as a freelancer free up. So we get hundreds of applicants. We're vetting these people and we vet them for skill, attitude. And like you said, communication and communication is key. So for skills, we're looking for someone with a track record success, someone who's been there, done it before, worked with big clients. We're not we're not a marketplace for newbies. For attitude, we're looking for someone that is passionate about what they do. They're not in it just for the paycheck. If, I, if I'm if i an entrepreneur and I love being an entrepreneur and I love processes and I hate QuickBooks and I'm hiring someone to do QuickBooks, they have to love QuickBooks as much as I love being an entrepreneur. And they have to show up with a positive attitude every day. No excuses, just get stuff done. And then, like you said, communication. And communication is so important that we have 15 pages of communication guidelines that Workers have to memorize and get tested on before they get into the free up marketplace. And I mean, that's everything from speaking English at a high level, which is the basic side of it. But then it's other stuff like give it, be able to estimate time and hitting those estimates to, hey, if your house is on fire, if you're dealing with an emergency, I at least get a text message knowing that you're not going to come up today. I don't want to spend my time chasing people down. I don't want clients to free up to chase workers down. There has to be communication at the highest possible level. So we really try to outline this um, and really focus on all three factors. And if you think back on bad hires that you've made, it's almost always because they, they didn't have the skills they said they had, they didn't have a good attitude, or they didn't communicate at a high level, especially when you're dealing with remote workers. I imagine you have to be like a master delegator to to manage all this and get things off your plate and put them on other people's plate. So I'm curious, like, have you noticed a difference as you've grown from like the six figure level to the seven figure level to the eight figure level? 
Yeah, I mean, the key as you get bigger and bigger is you have to hire people that are more organized than you, first of all, because as a business owner, I mean, I get thousands of Skype messages a day. So if I'm running around scrambling, my assistants need to be able to keep it organized at all times. If I'm more organized than my assistants, it's not going to work out. But then you also have to hire people that can also delegate themselves because eventually you get to the point where like I am right now I have uh, the head of accounting I have the head of recruitment I have the head of my assistants and they all have assistants so yes I can delegate to them but if they can't delegate past them to the other people then eventually you just stall out and you can't grow anymore so the key is really hiring people that you can delegate to that next level and as you get bigger those people have to delegate again so really being able to put systems in place that continue going down the line staying organized, hiring people that are more organized than you, and coming up with systems and processes where training guides and different um, manuals are constantly being made and updated so everyone's on the same page. And it all comes down to strong communication, which trickles from the top down. So having a lot of experience in the Amazon marketplace, I'd like to know your prediction on where do you think Amazon's headed in the next, say, five years? Yeah, I mean, I think it's only going to get bigger. I mean, they're trying to get into so many different uh, categories, whether it's buying Whole Foods or um, doing deliveries using different robots. I mean, they're really going to branch out and do things that we can't even imagine. And it becomes a time now where if you're a business owner and you're selling a product or even selling a service now because you can offer your services on Amazon, you really have to add Amazon as part of your revenue stream. And I always encourage business owners, yes, have your own website, but also dip into the customers on Amazon, start an Amazon business. And that's where a lot of people are heading. I mean, I deal with hundreds of clients that are selling on Amazon that need those virtual assistants that need someone to get them started and it's really not that hard to get into and if you don't get into it now your competitors are going to and you're really going to miss out so i don't see it slowing down i see it getting bigger i know places like walmart are trying to compete with them which is great as a seller you can have a walmart account you can have an amazon account and who knows i know ebay's kind of falling behind but who knows what other third-party marketplaces are going to come out of that but really trying to expand your revenue stream and making sure sure you're taking advantage of the potential that e-commerce has today do you guys do business in in amazon uk or amazon europe my amazon store does not but on the free marketplace we work with plenty of clients that sell on amazon uk or amazon canada and there are lots of top experts that can help you get on that yeah and i'm curious about your thoughts on it because i've i've talked to many amazon sellers that are really focusing on on amazon in europe right now <clears throat> excuse me because of they believe it's four, three, four, five years behind what the U.S. was. I'm curious on, on your thoughts about somebody who is going to start in Amazon, whether it's a good idea to just go into the U.S. or maybe you should take some time to explore Amazon in Europe and the potential that could possibly be there. It's a good question without a def defining answer. I mean, you it really depends on your products. It depends on where you are at your business. What I like to recommend is hire an expert from the free up marketplace and have them review your business top to bottom. Have them do research on your competitors and your product line and what the potential is. And from there, make a decision on where to start and where to go second and where to go third. So for, for different businesses, it, it makes a different amount of sense to go in one direction to the other. Uh, but you really need someone that has launched products on different marketplaces to do the research and figure out what's right for you. That's a good point. 
What are some key tips on building a, a digital business, a business that can be ran anywhere around the world? What do you think are some important qualities for someone that even even those entrepreneurs that are successful at the six figure level that want to be at the seven figure level to have the right mindset to have this type of business? Yeah, I mean the mindset that holds people back is they they get frustrated with hiring because eventually you get to the point where you can't do it yourself. Eventually you get to the point where yes, you might have one or two people that you really trust that you work with, but that's not good enough. You need a bigger team and people fall into the trap because they make some bad hires or maybe they've never hired before and they get scared or they just run out of time in the day to hire. And that's really why I wanted the free up marketplace to be a very fast paced place to get, um, to get pre vetted talent because hiring it just becomes more and more important as you go. I can give you an example. We work with a lot of agencies and they're always struggling to get graphic designers and writers. And so what we're able to do is we're like, Hey, let's find two or three graphic designers you like, and we'll put them in a Skype chat. Yes, they're going to have outside clients, but whenever you need a project, you throw it in the Skype chat. Whoever can get to it first will do it for you and send it back. And that saves entrepreneurs so much time because the alternative, what they were doing before is every time they needed a graphic design project, they were posting a job and going through interviews over and over and over instead of just having someone in their Rolodex that they could just send a project to. And you can do that with all aspects of your business. That's what's so cool about having a remote workforce. Yes, you can have your your full-time and your part-time people that are ongoing, but you can also have a lot of just remote people, uh, whether it's graphic design or writing or Amazon listings or whatever it is, that can help you whenever you need it for your Amazon business and building those long-term relationships, even if it's that on and off relationship is so important to growing your business and so important to having remote teams going forward and being able to offer your services remotely. Very true. What's your role in the business? I know it's hard to answer what your average day is like, but what's your main decisions that you're making in the business these days? And what are you doing throughout the day to keep productive and to keep on top of things? Yeah, good question. So I have a team of people that monitor my emails, especially while I'm sleeping. So when I wake up, my inbox is cleared, uh, my Skype is cleared, I get certain messages that they leave for me, hey, answer these. So the first part, first half an hour of my day is responding to those important emails. Um, then I focus on, or I practice what I preach. I focus on what what I consider high value and a good use of my time. I'm, I'm a marketing guy, I'm a sales guy, I'm a system systems guy and a process guy. So whether I'm doing podcasts or meeting with new clients um, or working on systems on the internal team to make it more structured or dealing with the developers to, to help build software to make the free up UI better and better, that's really how I try to spend my day in anything that is not on the sales and the marketing and the expansion and, and the processes, I try to delegate and give to someone else because I don't consider that a good use of my time. I want to ask you, Nathan, Where do you see yourself as an entrepreneur like in the next 10 years? Sure. So I'm really excited about FreeUp. I think we have something here. Um, It's something that no other hiring marketplace has been able to do. I mean, you go on to Upwork or Freelancer.com and you post a job and you get 100 applicants and you interview them one by one, whereas we interview them for you. We only let the top 1% do our marketplace. It's free to sign up and you get fast access to them. I feel like we can be the Uber of hiring, that that person that really shakes up the industry. So that's really what I'm focused on right now. We've been growing on a rapid pace. It's one of those things that if you asked me this three years ago, I would have been like, hey, I'm going to be selling on Amazon forever. And now I'm like, hey, I, I think I'm going to be doing free up for the next 10 years. Although being a 
serial entrepreneur that's always subject to change. So <laughs> that's really what I'm focused on right now and excited about and where I see myself. But as an entrepreneur, you never know what direction you're going to go. Yeah, I totally agree. I wonder if you have any other tips or really value bombs for those people that are building location independent businesses and what you would recommend them to do to focus on to keep going and to keep growing. Yeah, I really would focus on diversifying, diversifying the talent that you have on your team, diversifying your revenue streams, um, diversifying your suppliers. I mean, when it comes to just hiring, make sure you don't just hire from one part of the world, really spread out. You get people from lots of different backgrounds that have lots of different experiences, different talents. Um, make sure that you're not dependent on one worker. I mentioned having two or three graphic designers, two or three writers, having a backup person in place. Don't just have one person at customer service and if they take a day off, all of a sudden you get thrown in there instead of doing what you should be doing. So really making sure as you grow, you get more and more diversified. So if someone leaves, which always happens, you're very well protected and it's very easy to replace them. And the same thing if a supplier drops you, same thing if a revenue stream breaks off. Um, the last thing that you want to do is have your entire business dependent on one person or one system. Makes sense. Nathan, I think we're going to wrap up there, my friend. I want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. If the listeners want to reach out to you, where's the best place they can find more information about you guys? Yeah, so if you go to freeup.com with three E's, my calendar's right at the top. You can book a free meeting with me. I'd love to talk to you about your business and how we can help. You can check out the Free Up blog. You can check out the online hiring mastermind group on Facebook where we talk a lot about how to hire remote workers and how to grow your business there. Um, very easy to contact, so I look forward to working with you. And if anyone that mentions this podcast gets a dollar off their first worker's hourly rate um, forever right on freeup.com. All right, thanks for that. Listeners, we want to say thank you guys for tuning in once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day-to-day, -day you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for the attendees, and you'll get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th, 2017. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, and co-working spaces. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, don't hesitate to contact us, theentrepreneurhouse.com. We will respond as soon as we can. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.